Hi, hi, hi. It's time to hit the math grind. Welcome to After Class, the podcast with Miss Donvin, our Geometry Week 16 overview. Woot, woot. So our week before break, it's time for us to go ahead um, and get into our topics. So we're going to go over 17.1, 17.2, 17.3, and the assessment overview. So let's get started. Our mathematician of the week this week was named uh, Kuniko Kodiara. He was born March 16, 1905, died July 26, 1997. He was a Japanese mathematician. He is known for his work in algebraic geometry. He was awarded the Fields Medal in 1954 and was actually the first Japanese man or Japanese person to receive it. He graduated from the University of Tokyo in 1938 with a degree in mathematics, again in 1941 with a degree in science, and he got his PhD from the University of Tokyo in 1949. During World War II, he worked in isolation, um, which if you know any context with World War II and being in Japan, it kind of makes sense. Um, and then he ended up uh, mastering the Hodge's theory. He traveled to the Institute for Advanced Study in Princeton, New Jersey at the invitation of Herman Way and ended up becoming an associate professor at Princeton. He briefly served at, as a chair at John Hopkins University and Stanford University and then returned to the University of Tokyo in 1967. In 1984 and 5, he was awarded the Wolf Prize. And the great thing about this mathematician is that he was actually so accomplished that if I had added any more things, I'd be talking about him for like five minutes. So that is our mathematician of the week. Monday, Monday, Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. On Monday, we went over 17-1. Our target for the day was I can perform dilations on and off the coordinate plane, and I can describe dilations. So again, we took these notes from the book. I believe it started on page 241. And a reminder that we didn't do our dilations off the coordinate plane, we stayed on. And we also stayed that our dilations were gonna stay a center of dilation around the origin. So we didn't really move off of that. So remember, uh, we did rigid transformations a few weeks ago, and those were trans transformations that didn't change size or shape. And non-rigid transformations change size and or shape. A dilation is a non is a non rigid uh, transformation because it changes the size. It does not change the shape, but it changes the size. So we looked into we did some of our um, some basically like some exploration. We had a layout. Um, it was a graphic design layout, and we saw it get smaller and then get larger. And we were trying to figure out by what scale factor it was doing so. So a dilation again is a transformation of a a transformation that changes the size of a figure, but not its shape. And it changes it by a scale factor of K. The scale factor determines whether the transformation is a reduction or an enlargement. So remember reduction, it gets smaller, enlargement, it gets larger. Your scale factor is going to be uh, between zero and one if it is a reduction, and it's going to be greater than one if it is a enlargement. So again, that's really, really important. Um, so when we're expressing our dilations, if we have a dilation, we know the scale factor, we know a coordinate, we multiply both the x and the y value by the scale factor to get our new coordinate. So if we were to write a function, a coordinate notation function for dilations, we would do um, in parentheses x comma y, the arrow. Um, if we represented k as our scale factor, it'd be parentheses k times x comma k times y. So again, we'd multiply our scale factor by those coordinate points to figure out our new coordinate point after our dilation. 
So again, anything greater than one is going to be an enlargement if that's the scale factor. Anything between zero and one is going to be a reduction. And if it equals one, it's going to map the image onto itself. So again, that's going to be really important here. Our dilations do not change the shape. They just change the side size. They are rigid transformations and they will preserve all angle measures. So all angle measures in a dilation will stay the same no matter what. And there we go. That is Monday, 17-1. So on Tuesday, we started 17-2. Our target was I can understand the meaning of some uh, similarity transformations and use similarity transformations to determine whether figures are similar. We had a guided note sheet. So we started off, we were like, what is a similarity transformation? So a dilation is a similarity transformation. And remember, we had that little squiggly that represented our uh, that our shapes were or our polygons or whatever were similar. So similar polygons have the same shape, but different sizes. Corresponding angles are congruent and corresponding sides are proportional. So again, the angles are congruent, the sides are proportional. That is the definition of a similar polygon. That's the definition we're going to be using. If you get asked um, what happens to the angle measures in an image that is dilated, um, because a dilation creates similar figures, um, the angle measures are going to stay the same no matter what. So if you find corresponding angles, they're going to have the same measure. When we have, again, our scale factor is going to come in play here, here because the scale factor is going to uh, basically make the proportional size. We multiply our original, our pre-image by the scale factor to create our image, and those that's going to be the ratio. So the scale factor is kind of the ratio that it's growing. Um, again, we really focused on showing what that is. Remember that if we're trying to find the scale factor, you could do the image length divided by the pre-image length. Um, so like you can do the x-coordinate of the image divided by the um, x-coordinate of the pre-image or yeah, so, so on. It's gonna be your image divided by your pre-image. Your dilation coordinate notation um, is going to be centered around the origin. And if we use the scale factor of K, it's going to be x, y, uh, arrow, r, x times r, y or comma ry. Remember, in reductions and enlargements here are going to create similar figures. So dilations will create similar figures. We did some examples where we had two figures. We had the pre-image and the image. We need to figure out what the if it was a reduction or an enlargement and what the scale factor was. So we were counting the length of the side to figure that out, to figure out what the scale factor was. If it was a reduction, we knew it had to be between zero and one. And if it was an enlargement, we knew it had to be greater than one. Then we were given some points and we wanted to find the dilation. So we were given the points and the scale factor. So we multiplied the X value and the Y value by the scale factor to get our image, to get our new points. And we did that uh, twice. And the next page was just kind of, again, talking more about how us trying to find the scale factors. So we're not gonna go over that. So that is it for our 17-2. It is Wednesday, my dudes. On Wednesday, we went over 17-3. The target for 17-3 is I can identify properties of similar figures and apply properties of similar figures. So the properties we're really talking about with similar figures here are the fact that the sides are proportional and the angle measures are congruent that are corresponding. So again, corresponding angle measures are congruent in your shapes and the sides are the corresponding sides are proportional. So basically what we were doing here is we were trying to find a bunch of X values. So we set up problems um, and we were basically working with triangles and other quadrilater and quadrilaterals um, 
and we were missing a side length. We wanted to figure out an X value, something we didn't know a side length. So we had to set up a proportion. So say we had two tr similar triangles, A, B, C, and triangle X, Y, Z. They were, they were similar. We wanted to find the length of the hypotenuse of X, Y. So X, Y was the hypotenuse of our similar triangle. A, B, C was a larger triangle, and we were told that their hypotenuse was 50 and that one of the legs was 40. Um, in XYZ, we were told that the corresponding leg was 20. So what we would do, do is we would set up the proportion. And there are a couple ways you can set up the proportions that are different. So the way we did it, or I did it in class, is I set up the hypotenuse as our fractions, or as our numerators and our fractions. So, so the first fraction, which represented triangle ABC, was 50 um, in the, high, in the uh, numerator and 40 in the denominator, because 50 was the length of the hypotenuse. 40 was the length of the leg. And I set that equal to X in our numerator because we didn't know the other hypotenuse divided by the corresponding leg of 20. Then we cross multiplied. So we did 40 times X is equal to 50 times 20 divided by 40 and found X was 25. So again, all we did today was create proportions to figure out a missing value of similar figures. So again, since similar figures have proportional sides, we were able to figure out side lengths and angle measures. I mean, angle measures we could figure out uh, just knowing that they were congruent, but side lengths because we knew that they were proportional. And that is what we did on Wednesday. Okay, just remember Thursday. Thursday, can you remember Thursday? <laughs> yeah, so Tuesday? <laughs> Thursday. Look, if you need help remembering, just think of it like this. The third day, all right? Monday, one day. Tuesday, two day. Wednesday, when, huh? What day? Thursday. <laughs> the third day, okay? On Thursday, we had a review day. Uh, we did a choice board, so make sure you go ahead and turn that in. Again, though, the really important thing, though, on Thursday is something I want to remind you of is that we talked about course recommendations. So if you missed Thursday or you didn't get to talk with me about course recommendations, I'm also doing it on Friday as well. Um, make sure that before the weekend we do talk about it. You either need to go into trades math or algebra two. So again, those are your two options. It's Okay, so now the portion of this I know you all have been waiting for our quiz overview. So I do have the assessment in front of me. Um, the assessment is one, two, three, four, five sections. The first two sections, though, you can skip if you would like to. You don't have to do the first two sections, which are 15-2 and 15-3 and 15-4. But you can if you would like to potentially raise your grade. They're both only one problem. So 15-2, 15-3, our first section, I can develop and prove properties of a trapezoid in parallelograms. You have a parallelogram. You're given an angle measure. You're asked to find another angle measure. Remember, opposite sides are congruent and um what is it, supplementary or course, not corresponding, not supplementary, uh, consecutive sides, that's what I'm looking for, are supplementary. Consecutive sides are supplementary, but the real thing, wink, wink, you should remember is opposite sides are congruent. For 15-4, you have one problem. Uh, you're given the measure of one, so you need to remember it's a rectangle. Uh, you're working with a rectangle. Rectangles have angle measures of 90 degrees. Uh, the diagonal is kind of cutting our angle not in half, we don't know if it's in half, but we're given like two angle measures that have a Y value. You need to add those two angle measures up together and set them equal to 90. Do not set them equal to each other, add them together and set them equal to 90. 
Our next section is 16.1 through 16.4. It's the same type of problem as last time, except you don't have to uh, graph the shape, you're given the shape. So all you need to do is find the side length, find the slopes, and uh, figure out the most descriptive name. Uh, is it a quadrilateral parallelogram kite rhombus rectangle square? Again, we didn't do kites, so it shouldn't be a kite. If you have congruent side lengths, so if all your sides are congruent, it's either a rhombus or a square. Um, if you have slopes that are parallel, uh, it could be a parallelogram, rhombus, square, or rectangle. If you have two sets of parallel slopes, and then you have a set of perpendicular slopes as well, it's going to be either rectangle or square. It needs to have congruent sides and parallel and perpendicular slopes to be a square. So it needs all of those things. And then we go on to 15 or 17, one and two. There are two questions. Um, the first one you're asked to find the scale factor of a. You're given to. You're given an image and a pre-image. You need to figure out the scale factor. Um, again, pay attention to which is the image. The second question is you're given a pre a set of points that's a pre-image, and you're given the scale factor. You need to figure out the uh, new image points. 17.3, you're asked to find one problem. It is a proportion problem. So you're given two triangles. You need to find the length of one of the legs. It is a right triangle. So you need to set, set up your proportion correctly and solve for x. That is it with our assessment number. What was it? Number 16 review. So that is it for our week 16 geometry review. Woo, woo, woo. We went through 17.1, through 17.3, as well as our assessment overview. If you have any questions about anything that we are still going over, make sure that you come by my office hours from 2.10 to 3 o'clock or shoot me an email. Other than that, I'll see you in class. <laughs>